This spot is brought to you by Eaton Vance, the symbol of advanced investing. What's inside your ETF? With Parametric Equity Premium Income ETF, you know. Inside, you'll find institutional expertise from a specialized team with deep derivatives experience. Get to know what's inside PAPI, the symbol of alternative income, at eatonvance.com slash symbols. Before investing, prospective investors should carefully consider the investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. The current prospectus contains this and other information and is available at eatonvance.com. Read the prospectus carefully before investing. Not FDIC insured. Offer no bank guarantee. May lose value. Not insured by any federal government agency. Not a deposit. Investments involve risk. Principal loss is possible. Distributed by Foresight Fund Services, LLC. This is Money Beat from the Wall Street Journal. Now from our studios in New York, here are Paul Vigna and Stephen Grosser. Welcome to Money Beats. Look at the week ahead. I'm Paul Vigna. I'm Stephen Grosser. Coming to you from New York City, the Big Apple. I wanted to say the nation's capital. You know, I really, I swear to God, right? I just almost said the nation's capital. But that's because somebody actually is in the nation's capital. Jeffrey Sparshot from Washington, D.C. Jeff, how are you? Very well, thanks. How are you guys today? Doing all right. The markets have a half day on Monday, so they'll be open on Monday. So uh, there will be people waiting. But, Jeff Sparshot, uh, the big, the big, the big uh, fireworks, to use a 4th of July metaphor, big fireworks don't come until Friday, do they? No, Friday's the big day for, yeah. for us econ geeks. And, yeah. and for markets, too. I mean, for everyone. Uh, everyone wants to know how many jobs the, the uh, employers added in June. Mm-hmm. And um, the consensus call right now is for 181,000, which is a pretty decent number. It's, it's up quite a bit from, uh, from May when it was 138,000. Um, so you're expecting a rebound. Yeah, yeah. I don't, I mean, I mean, that's the consensus. I, I you know, who am I to, to, to go against the economists? But I'm you know, there, there are a lot of signs that labor market has been getting tighter and tighter. We hear anecdotally that uh, employers are having a real time, ha- having a real hard time finding workers. So I wouldn't be surprised if the number came in below that. It, it seems to me that's, you know, for the economists, that's kind of a cop-out number, really, 181,000. That's almost dead on the long-term average, right, Jeff? Yeah, that's that's a little bit below the the 12-month average, but it's above the, the three-month average. So yeah. it's, well, yeah, it's like you know, kind of. And I, I actually, I, it does feel like economists basically have put in, been putting in 175 to 185 for months now. Yeah. Every, you know, because we, whenever we do the, what the consensus estimate, right. it seems to fall in that range. Which, you know, that's the long-term average. It's not the worst thing in the world to but, guess. But what's, like, let, let's speak to like the sort of trend that's going on. You know, the, the, you know, the, the headline number is coming down. You spoke to a tighter, you know, labor market and signs of that. But wages still remain you know kind of lackluster in their growth when are we going to see i guess wages uh growing um well i mean <laughs> it depends on who you ask i mean if, if you guys know that productivity numbers have been garbage right yeah, um yeah. and so if you don't have productivity that's that's one reason you can't raise wages and inflation's been really low which yeah. suggests that, right. that firms may not have a lot of pricing power so if they cannot pass on price increases um, how do they raise wages if if you're if you're lacking those two components? So um, maybe maybe not for a while. Maybe they they will absolutely have to start competing more heavily on wages and try and poach workers from each other, or maybe there's there's still some slack in the labor market that that's that's not quite readily apparent. And um, there's a still a pool of workers out there that can fill a lot of jobs. Jeff, is there a, any kind of seasonal summer dynamic people should look for? Do, do companies generally hire more at this time of year or less, or, or is there any difference? 
you know, there's there's all the school stuff um, that, yeah. that goes on in the summer, but the seasonal adjustments are supposed to wash that out. Mm-hmm. So it, it, it shouldn't really matter. I mean, holiday hiring shouldn't matter before Christmas. Uh, summer summer layoffs at schools shouldn't matter for, for these numbers either. I mean, if they get the seasonal adjustments right, it should be fine. If there's some strange anomaly um, that could that could distort the numbers a little right. bit, but I don't think we're expecting that. Right, right. You'd have to look at the if you were interested, folks. You'd have to go look into the report at the non-seasonally adjusted numbers to see the actual how many teachers aren't working in the summer, how many lifeguards got hired in the summer, that kind of thing. Yeah, it's. I mean, if I, I think it was like a year ago, I, I did a short story about how you know every I think it's every July, um, the U.S. actually like sheds about a million jobs, and it's all wow. school stuff. Um, it's all school stuff, yeah. Yeah, but that's that that gets seasonally adjusted away, and we try and look at the underlying trend. Yeah, I guess the you know the big question you know for investors is this number and how it plays into the Fed's rate decision. What's your what's your th- thinking on that? Um, I you know if the numbers come in anywhere close to consensus, which which we're also looking for four point three percent unemployment, which is way below the Fed's long term forecast. Um, they'll see that the labor market continues to run somewhere between warm and hot. And then you have the countervailing force of inflation. We got inflation numbers on Friday that that showed um, 1.4% year over year, which is way below the Fed's 2% target. And uh, they're largely, or at least Janet Yellen is, is dismissing it as... as transitory. Um, temp- yeah, transitory. I hate that word. Temporary. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, just cheaper... Um, Unlimited data, cell phone plans, um, lower increases in prescription drug prices, um, things that should wash out over the next year. And they're also expecting wages to go up eventually, at, at least, um, you know, the people who are voting this year. So, um, right. Hmm. yeah, I mean, there's there's it, but it's two very separate things. I mean, they have two they have a, a dual mandate, as it's called. They have right. full employment, which by a lot prices. of metrics, it seems we're there and stable prices, which, it, you know, if, if two point. Two percent inflation is your goal. We're not even close. Yeah. One of the one of the questions is: Last week, you had a bunch of Fed officials, including Janet Yellen, highlighting sort of risk taking in the market, in asset bubbles, and stuff like that. What what is the is the Fed trying to make any signals there? In you know, terms of their concern, like you know, um, uh, you know about asset bubbles and whether they're going to proceed with tightening. I guess specifically. Yeah, I, they're always a little bit back and forth on on. Well, that's not the right term. Um, it's not clear to me like how how worried they are about any bubbles at this point in time. Yeah. I mean, I think they're looking more at the fundamentals. I think it's really hard. I mean, it's hard to know when a bubble is forming, and it, it's it's hard to use the blunt force of monetary policy to really prick it, right? Um, so I don't. They can warn about it. They can talk about it. I'm not sure how much they would actually do about it at this point. It doesn't yeah. seem like anything is crazy. And usually, when they do use monetary policy to prick it, it doesn't end well. It's it's a big pop, right? Yeah. <laughs> now, Tuesday. Speaking of big pops, on Tuesday we will all be off celebrating the great uh, anniversary of our nation's birth, July 4th, Independence Day. But what else? Uh, what else is going on this week, Jeff? We will get. Um, Everyone's favorite manufacturing numbers, the Institute for Supply Manufacturing, Institute for Supply Management uh, Manufacturing Index, which is expected to show some expansion in the sector still. Um, several months, everything have, has, has kind of picked up a little bit, uh, starting at the end of, of 2016 well, and through the start of 2017. What day is that coming in? That's Monday. Monday? That's your half okay. day. And then I think the, the, the big indicator, or not indicator, the 
big chunk of news that a lot of people are going to be looking for that's not the employment figures will be uh, the Fed's minutes on Wednesday. On Wednesday, yeah. Actually, uh, speaking of the Fed minutes, I want to talk about that, but but let's take a break right now because uh, we have this important message. And when we come back on the other side, more about the Fed, the Fed minutes, what the Fed is thinking, insight into the Federal Reserve's head on the Money Beat Show. This spot is brought to you by Eaton Vance, the symbol of advanced investing. What's inside your ETF? With Parametric Equity Premium Income ETF, you know. Inside, you'll find institutional expertise from a specialized team with deep derivatives experience. Get to know what's inside PAPI, the symbol of alternative income, at eatonvance.com slash symbols. Before investing, prospective investors should carefully consider the investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. The current prospectus contains this and other information and is available at eatonvance.com. Read the prospectus carefully before investing. Not FDIC insured. Offer no bank guarantee. May lose value. Not insured by any federal government agency. Not a deposit. Investments involve risk. Principal loss is possible. Distributed by Foresight Fund Services, LLC. Follow the Wall Street Journal on your favorite podcast app. Search WSJ on Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Google Play Music, Stitcher, and any Amazon Alexa device. The Wall Street Journal. Listen ambitiously. Welcome back to Money Beats. Look at the week ahead. Paul and Stephen here in New York City. Jeff Sparshot down in D.C. And we're talking about what is on the economic calendar. Mentioned briefly the Fed minutes on Wednesday. Uh, Jeff, what exactly are the Fed minutes and why do they matter? Sure. So... In June, in mid-June, the Fed came out and said that they were uh, had decided to raise their short-term benchmark interest rate by a quarter of a percentage point. Uh, they planned one more for some time this year. And um, they said that they would start shrinking their $4.5 trillion balance sheet. Um, and that comes out in a very short statement. And then Janet Yellen, who is the Fed chairwoman, does a, a press conference and elaborates on that. And then when the minutes come out a couple weeks later, we get even more great geeky details about, you know, what the debate is. Um, And it's it's fairly coded language, but it provides a lot of insight on how much of a consensus there are around policies, how much dissent there is, um, what people are thinking, what their concerns are, what kind of stuff they're flagging up to to watch out for on the horizon or where they're particularly comfortable. Mm -hmm. Um, So, yeah, it's just it's it's um, I, I can't even remember how many pages, but it's 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 a lot of text. And, um, yeah, you have to really kind of sort through it and sift through it for subtle changes, but it's 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 an, it's important insight on what they're right were because they don't it, the, the minutes correct me if I'm wrong the minutes don't come out and they say well you know uh, Bullard said this or well you know Stan Fisher have felt like it's usually some participants many participants one participant right they kind of do it like that when you talk about coded language it's like that right yeah very yeah, much so yeah. they don't they don't attach specific names to it and it's right. you know there's there's uh, the people who cover the Fed more closely than I do for us, actually know specifically there's, it, it, it equates to specific numbers, some participants, a few participants, right, right. stuff like that. But, um, but yeah, you get a, a strong sense of, of, or a better sense, I should say, of, of where the consensus lies, where people are leaning. What about uh, like in the past, um, you know, last, last uh, months, I guess, minutes, people were paying attention to inflation. Do you think that's going to be some, another thing that, you know, people are going to be looking for as they sort of try to read the tea leaves? Yeah, there was um, St. Louis Fed President uh, Bullard. He he recently made some comments, um, very much you know, in disagreement with with Janet Yellen. She thinks that you know, we're, we're at or near full employment, and that should start to push up wages. He said, you know, low unemployment doesn't mean anything for wages necessarily. Um, so so you know, he's 
tends to be a little bit of an outlier, but yeah, yeah. we'll um, <laughs> get get to see if, if anyone agrees with him and, and how concerned they really are about the fact that, that inflation for the first time in five years popped up over two, their 2% target in February and has since been declining. Do you have a sense that uh, people are talking – it's interesting. You say the Fed raised rates at the June meeting, which we know, and that they plan on doing it one more time. Is the sense more about the timing of that rate rise or or actually – whether it's going to come at all, because you know we've been talking about these inflation numbers, they are they are low. Yeah, the Fed. I mean, well, you guys know over the last couple of years they've had a lot of head fakes. They they've said we're going to raise rates three times this year and then done it once, or they've said we're right. going to you know it's always fallen a little bit short of expectations. And they've really ramped up. They they've done it. They raised rates in December and then twice so far this year. They say they're going to do it one more time, and I wouldn't be surprised, but I did notice uh, a few notes from economists um, after the really weak inflation numbers came out saying they would expect the Fed to hold off until 2018 on another rise. Hmm. Um, but, but you know, they have different levers to affect monetary policy, and, and one is their balance sheet. They have, um, you know, I can't even say billions anymore, trillions of dollars in assets right. on there, and they plan to unwind that slowly. It's not entirely clear what the, uh, the impact on markets will be from that. Is there a sense that they might move quicker? Like, there had been a sense, you know, earlier in the year, I should say, among investors and strategists that essentially the Fed would move in September and then December they would, you know, focus on the balance sheet. Is there a sense that the Fed might sort of switch that, um, you know, uh, from people you're talking to, I guess? Yeah, I think that's a little bit up in the air. I mean, we'll we'll get the employment report. That'll be an important piece of data. We'll get some more inflation information before they have to decide again. Um, I think we'll actually get a couple employment reports before they, you know, go ahead and do anything. Their their, right. their next live meeting really isn't until September, so um, I, I, it's just too early to say. I mean, these inflation readings have been been so weak, um, but the employment numbers have been been solid. So it's I, I think I think we just have to wait and get more data. I mean, I sound like Janet Yellen, Yellen, Yellen. you know, we're, we're data dependent. <laughs> yeah, but, yeah. <laughs> right. But we are. That's, that's how it works right now. And, you know, uh, of course, we are going to celebrate our nation's birthday on July 4th on Tuesday. And everyone is going to celebrate that. But there's another important. Steve Hugely important. Hugely important. Almost in, as important as July fourth, seventeen seventy six. Actually, is today, you know, Monday, July third, yeah, is the birthday of one Stephen Grosser. But we also have to give some props out to our producer, Tanya Bustos, who's also born on July third. Tanya, your birthday too? Yes. Wow. I didn't know, Steve. Were you guys in the same place? Wait, where were you both born? Jersey. Grosser, you sure? You're a New England birthday. Yeah, Massachusetts, yeah. Weymouth, Massachusetts. Can, can we ask how old? South Shore Hospital. Can we, can we ask how old you're going to be? No, no. I'm you at the age. I'm at the age where you, you don't tell you, anymore. You tried, you're, well, it, it's one of these things. You're, you sort of hit an age where birthdays are no longer something you really want to celebrate. Uh, and I'm at that age. Psh, I hit that age about a decade ago. Oh, yes. So you got, you got nothing. Well, I me. hit that, you know, maybe not a decade ago, but <laughs> I've, I've been there for a few years. So that's now. good. So at least on Monday, if we have nothing else to do in the office, we can get a cake. It's a good yeah, excuse yeah. for a cake. Well, that's listen, everyone out there, if you're, uh, you know, if you're listening, uh, you know, send Grocer a tweet on Monday. Oh. Send him a tweet because he's on Twitter all the time so you know uh all right we're gonna wrap it up jeff thank you very much for your time always appreciate it thanks very much guys and everyone thank you for listening and we'll talk to you soon the wall street journal listen ambitiously